living your story right now in this moment. You know, no two stories are alike. We are all unique. We all have a different lens through which we see the world. We all have something to contribute, to share, to be. That uniqueness takes courage. It's not easy to stand in your truth. It's not easy to let yourself be vulnerable, to be really seen, to be really heard. So many of us hide. So many of us stay hidden. So many of us make the choice to step forward, to own who we are, to own our stories, to share our voice. The tide is turning. We're moving into a space of deeper vulnerability, courage, authenticity, and love. We're moving closer to greater self-love, self-acceptance, honesty, and empowerment. To get there, to get to that space, means we have to authentically share who we are. It means we have to authentically show up as our true selves. The magic is in sharing who you are. The magic is in sharing your story. That's where this series comes in. Own your voice. Love yourself. Stay true to your story. Dive deep into your vulnerability. Shine in your authenticity. Once you do, there's no stopping you. Stay honest. Stay brave. Stay true to who you are. Welcome to Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. Hello, my name is Chelsea Cahill, and I'm a 30-year-old young woman residing in Rochester, New York, working in architectural eyebrow design, also known as a brow sculptor. Sydney, thank you so much for including me on this podcast I was very lucky to fall upon Seek the Joy when an old friend and childhood neighbor posted that she would be featured on your first Power of Storytelling episode. Feeling very grateful for that discovery, I immediately was inspired to share my own story. About eight years ago, in my early 20s, I was diagnosed with a mental disorder, bipolar 1. Looking back at it now, I can see it as a blessing and a gift. I know many may think, A mental illness and being a blessing or gift doesn't really usually go hand in hand, especially with how our society views mental illness or the lack thereof. I will get into my background and events leading up to what I now call a blessing, but first, the Webster's Dictionary defines mental illness. Any range of medical conditions, such as major depression, schizophrenia, obsessive-compulsive disorder, or panic disorder, that are marked primarily by sufficient disorganization of personality, mind, or emotions to impair normal psychological functioning and cause marked distress or disability, and that are typically associated with disruption in normal thinking, feeling, mood, behavior, interpersonal interactions, or daily functioning. Some of the synonyms, craziness, delusions, depression, derangement, disturbed mind, emotional disorder, insanity, loss of mind, lunacy, madness, maladjustment, mania, mental disease, mental disorder, nervous breakdown, nervous disorder, neurosis, paranoia, personality disorder, 
phobia, psychopathy, psychosis, sick mind, troubled mind, unbalanced mind, unsoundness of mind. My definition of mental illness. A gift, a blessing caused by a chemical imbalance in the brain with the right treatment, support, love, balance, and healthy lifestyle can be managed and lived with for the rest of your life. Fresh out of high school, I made the move across the country to Los Angeles, also known as the city of Los Angeles, to pursue my dreams of being an actor. I attended the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. Upon graduating, was hit with the harsh reality of what life was like as a 20-year-old surviving in one of the most challenging cities, pursuing one of the most challenging careers. I faced many trials and tribulations, and I learned many difficult life lessons, would not have survived without the love and financial support of my amazing parents. Although, quote, living the life, unquote, in LA, I kept hitting a brick wall, barely surviving mentally. The negative self-talk soon became the only thoughts in my head. Before I knew it, I was spiraling into a deep and at times suicidal depression. Even the The support of my brother, my best friend, moving to L.A. to pursue his career behind the camera didn't cure the storm that was constant in my mind. And soon, by the quick decision of my family, I flew home with a one-way ticket on my way to what I hoped was the first step in my healing. I remember feeling so much anxiety on that flight home that nothing sounded better than being in the arms of my loving parents. But even when embraced... That did not bring me out of the deep, dark hole of nothingness that I was in. I feel like with depression, unless you've been there, you have no idea what it's like. And I would never wish the feeling of being there on anyone. Now, the time when the depression started and the next several years after, in and out of manic depressive episodes, are to me a blur. But what I like to think is a tragic, beautiful mess that has helped me formed into the person I am today. During my mania, I drank heavily and had uncontrollable urges to spend money, especially money I didn't have. I had delusions that my bills would go away if I just ignored them, and I felt like I had all the money in the world when in actuality I was barely surviving. In time, I racked up a significant amount of credit card debt, ruined my credit card score. Credit score. After a couple of years, trying holistic treatments, several different therapists, and a couple different medications to bring me out of what I felt like was hell, I was referred to a psychologist who was the first to diagnose me with bipolar 1 disorder, which is characterized by the occurrence of at least one manic or mixed episode. Most people also at times have one or more depressive episodes and all experience hypomanic stage before progressing to full mania. I was then put on a medication that will sell, I will say helped in saving my life at the deepest, dark, and craziest times, lithium. With weekly visits to my psychiatrist, my medication, my amazing support system of my family and friends, I finally felt relief. Although I struggled in the beginning of my diagnosis with feeling like the medication was working and at times felt like I didn't need to take it anymore. I have to say, I had to overcome stigmas in my mind, which I thought went with being diagnosed with bipolar 1 and taking medication. Will people think I'm crazy? Will they not want to be friends with me anymore? 
Will they not love me the same? Can I tell people about my mental illness and not be judged? Is my life going to be different? Will the medication make me gain weight? So on and so forth. The questions in my mind were endless. I also discovered that mental illness ran in my family history, but I was the first in my family when diagnosed that was really talked about. Into my late 20s, all the answers to my questions were revealed. No, I am not crazy. If my friends didn't love and accept me for who I was or my diagnosis, then they didn't need to be in my life. I fortunately did not have to come to terms with any loss of friendship. They all love me just the same. My family loved me unconditionally, and we were there for me for 100%. And I never had side effects from the medication. While on medication, I adapted a healthier lifestyle, working out five to six times a week, eating healthy, getting the right amount of sleep, and doing things that made me feel good on the inside. I turned 30 this past July, and I was never more excited to turn another year older than last summer. Not only because I could say goodbye to what I would call the most challenging decade of my life, but also because I finally felt comfortable in my own skin. I although did not hesitate to kiss my 20s goodbye, I felt really grateful for what I went through, how much I've grown, and how I've turned to what some people might seem like a death sentence into a blessing and a gift. At the end of this past September, after taking lithium for eight years, I decided to stop taking it. It felt like, although it worked for many years, my body was telling me that I no longer needed it anymore. I felt like I had a grasp on what a balanced life required, how it looked, and how it felt. I am more patient, more aware of others, and of how I feel now that I'm off of it. I've come to learn that my mind and my body enough to listen to it. To know when I'm getting too excited to bring myself back down to earth. To not sit in the feeling of being depressed. And to know when to say no and how to be my own advocate. Although some friends, family members, and even my own therapist at the time did not agree or were weary of my decision, I still went with my gut. Because I am the only person who truly knows me. And since being off it for five months, I've proved those who were skeptical wrong. I have since then altered my alcohol intake, focused on my workouts, started meditating, and taking time to take care of me, self-care, and self-love. I fully believe that certain circumstances, being unbalanced, a chemical imbalance, and my environment played a huge factor in pushing me into my diagnosis. I also believe that my thoughts and negative self-talk created my reality. My mind was my own worst enemy, Although I cannot pinpoint the exact moment when finally those thoughts ceased, I now have tools to know what to do when I start feeling any sort of extreme emotion. On October 10th, 2017, I decided to post a video on my Instagram, a snippet inside my story. Although most, if not all of my close friends and family knew of my diagnosis, I wanted to share with everyone about the gifts I have and hope that sharing my message would inspire others to speak up and not be afraid. Well, it so happened and unplanned that that exact day was World Mental Health Day. The response was overwhelming. I received several messages from people who either have gone through a similar diagnosis or had family members who did. I have to admit, I was very fearful about revealing the skeletons in my closet, of course. But I know and have known that fear is just false evidence appearing real. And the opposite of fear is love and I received enormous amounts of love and encouragement from my post. 
I have always known that I wanted to help and inspire others going through the same thing to not be fearful and know that it's okay to talk about it. Thank you for allowing me to share my story with you all. I learned that I can see the positive in my diagnosis. My biggest dream is to help teens and young adults and inspire them. Inspire them to ask for help and know that it's okay to talk about their mental illness. My name is Lauren and this is my story. I am a personal trainer, health coach, Reiki and sound practitioner, and a meditation instructor. I teach women how to live the life of their dreams in the body of their dreams by falling in love with body, mind, and soul. I teach women how to find their power, cultivate strength, and unleash the inner goddess within. I help women heal past traumas, limiting beliefs, and to completely rewrite their story and become a warrior. I do this so well because I have lived through this. I have lived a life of zero self-love and self-worth, but I conquered and persevered and fell so in love with myself. And here I am telling you my story. Self-love is the absolute root of it all. Before we can successfully love another, we must first love ourselves, And before we can ever achieve our dreams, we must first find self-love. I grew up in a home where self-love, respect, care, and worth were never really talked about. Frankly, because I don't think my parents had any themselves. I spent a lot of time alone. Both my parents worked. My sister is seven years older than me, so growing up, we were not close at all. And then entering into my preteen and teenage years, even more time spent alone. And having zero self-love and zero self-respect, I sought out to others to give me love, to feel like I was worth something. I began hanging around with not the best crowd. I drank a lot, went to parties, and was just pretty wild. I did all of these things to fill this hole inside of me, to help me feel complete. And during those times of blackouts, I feel like I felt complete. Only the next day to wake up feeling awful and feeling even emptier. I became a teen mom. I had my son at the end of my senior year. Super scary. And I dove even deeper into this hole of lack. I definitely had postpartum depression, which I was not aware of by any means. And I felt like I was really spiraling out of control. I didn't know the first thing to be a mom. I didn't even love myself. How could I love somebody else? The second hunter would go with his dad. I'd be at the closest party or with anybody who wanted to get drunk. When I did have Hunter, I was usually nursing a hangover. I'm definitely not proud of these moments, and it's extremely hard to discuss, especially to the entire world. But I know that there's women out there who can relate, and I know there's women out there in this exact same situation who needs to hear this, who needs to hear that everything will honestly be okay.
I couldn't maintain any solid friendships and forget about relationships. I was so dependent on them for everything. I needed this other person, whether it just be a friend or a boyfriend, to make me feel good. I definitely wasn't happy in my job, myself, relationships, etc. Even when I met my now husband, I put him through a lot. I still hadn't found myself love. I relied on him heavily and I put a ton of stress on our relationship. But thankfully, I woke up. He woke up and we began to evolve together. I went to my first Reiki treatment with a friend for her birthday. I had never even heard of Reiki before. And the second I met my Reiki healer, he looked at me and said, wow, you are powerful. I was looking at him rather confused. I had no idea what he meant. He just told me that I'm a healer. After getting my Reiki treatment, it's like everything fell into place. I had never felt so aligned before and so present. I went home and immediately began to look up how to be Reiki certified. So the Reiki led to yoga, led to training, led to meditation, led to this whole journey of finding myself and falling so in love with myself. I knew that it was time to branch out and show other women how it's possible for them as well. It was through each of my certifications that I gained incredible knowledge. Knowledge of my inner being, my higher self, being and connected to source energy. I called the power back into my own hands. I wrote myself love letters. I connected to source energy. I learned that I was source. I found alignment and I learned to love my darkness as much as my light. I cut cords with those who I was negatively energetically attached to and connected to my divine feminine energy. I forgave myself. That is the biggest part of all of this is forgiving yourself. And I still find myself at times when I'm driving down the road or lying in bed and I, and things will come up from my past, things that I am not too proud of, embarrassed of, times of me not being the best mother, times of me not respecting my body. And I have to forgive myself again. And that is okay because I know that eventually I won't feel the need to forgive anymore. Eventually, I won't even think of this past anymore. It does feel like a whole other life. I can confidently say that. But the healing process is always a big journey. I learned that I am powerful. I am a goddess. I am my own healer. I learned that everything I was searching for in someone else is already inside of me. It was then that I found my success, professionally and personally, my happiness. I became healthier than ever. My body just naturally gravitating towards food that feels good, movement that is fun. 
And my marriage became so full of love and such an incredibly healthy relationship. Gosh, I have attracted the most amazing women into my life. I now have girlfriends who, instead of calling me to go out and get wasted, they call me to do a full moon ritual. I have surrounded myself with women who we inspire and lift each other up. We cheer each other on. And man, that is the only thing I've ever wanted in this life. I have an insanely close relationship with my son and my stepdaughter. I look in the mirror and I tell myself every day, I love you. I recently started a new practice when I'm showering. As I'm washing myself, I pause over each area of my body and talk about how thankful I am for it and thankful for everything that's done for me. My hair for growing long and strong, making it easier for me to donate it more often. My eyes for seeing my children and my husband. My smile for being so inviting and welcoming for people. My arms for hugging. My hands for healing. My chest as it protects my heart, which I shine so brightly onto others. My belly for carrying my son. My legs for dancing and my feet for my journey. I do this every day. And it has completely transformed my life even further. And I challenge you to pause in the shower or in front of the mirror and thank your body for all the amazing things that it does for you. And do this every day and watch your body and your mind just completely transform. Watch your entire life transform. When we feel good, we look good. When we feel good, we shine that light out of us like crazy. And we attract the most amazing things into our life. So after all these, all, all this journey and all these lessons, I became, I became inspired to become a health coach and a teacher of self-love. And I'm so filled up every time I get to work with a new client and I just see her entire being light up. And the more I teach, the more I learn, the more I show my children just by being present, the importance of self-love. And I feel like I am a big inspiration to many. And the more people that we can get to fall in love with themselves, the better that this world will be. I fully believe in paying it forward by spreading kindness. So what have I learned about myself from sharing my story? That I'm honestly following my path, that I'm meant I'm here to follow, that I'm strong, that I'm a warrior, and that it's possible that no matter who you've been or where you've been, you have the power to rewrite it all. And what is my biggest dream? My biggest dream is to run retreats where women come from all over the world and we spend a weekend or a week just removing these blocks, facing our traumas and bringing out the darkness inside of us and learning just to fall so in love with ourselves and change our entire life. That's my biggest dream, to be a huge impact on how we view our bodies our food, and fitness. If you would like to connect, you can follow me on Instagram at GV 
health, and wellness. I hope to connect with some of you on social media. If you find me, please reach out, send me a message, and let me know you heard this podcast. And thank you guys so much for listening. And just know that you have the power to be anybody that you want to be. I say this to my clients and my children all the time. You can choose to be someone different every day. You can choose to be someone different than you were 10 minutes ago. 10 minutes ago, you could be self-loathing, self-sabotaging, and then you change your mind and you rewrite the story. You hold that power in your hands. Don't ever forget that. And don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't. Thanks so much. Bye. Our next story comes from Victoria Ann, learning to persevere through trials of many kind. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to provide hope and encouragement through the sharing of my story. My heart would be overfilled with joy if I can touch another through my testimony. I love the whole idea of Seek the Joy storytelling, and I'm so happy to be part of it. My name is Victoria, and I was born and raised in Minnesota, where I currently live. I'm a 23-year-old college student at the University of Wisconsin-River Falls, where I will be graduating with a degree in International Studies in May. In a few short months, this chapter will be coming to a close, and there were times I didn't know if my story would ever go on to the next chapter. My college years have been full of hardships, trials, and many disappointments. Halfway through the second semester of my freshman year of college, I began a downward spiral dealing with a mental illness, specifically bipolar disorder with suicidal thoughts. When my symptoms first manifested, I wasn't exactly sure what was happening to me, and I ended up dropping out of college and would never return back to that school. I went back home and got the help I needed by seeing my doctor and getting things under control the best way I knew how. That spring and summer, I worked on becoming stable, and I learned not only how to survive, but thrive. Even though I had to transfer schools and go through the whole college process all over again, I never got discouraged because I knew God had a better plan for me, and He was guiding me in another direction towards this new university and new people. I now see that each experience of my life is of great importance and matters to get me to my final destination. I had faith that God was all-knowing and He knew what was best for me at the time. I had to put my full trust in that while keeping a smile on my face, despite the trials I was being put through, it would later teach me important life lessons that I would need for future struggles that I would face. God was preparing me for what was to come and giving me the necessary tools I needed to face future trials and setbacks. I entered into my sophomore year confident, even though I knew I was already one semester behind all of my friends and everyone else. Towards the end of my first semester at my new school, I started spiraling down again mentally, and this time I ended up in the hospital. Fortunately, I came back to school strong enough to finish the semester. During the end of my spring semester at my new school, I went on the online dating website Christian Mingle, searching for love because my heart's desires weren't being fully satisfied by God or myself. I felt empty inside and needed to fill my soul. I thought the only way I could do that was by getting a boyfriend, so that's exactly what I did. I fell fast for this guy and thought he was my true love. I quickly lost sight of everything that was important to me, my friends, family, school, even myself. 
It all started to go downhill because I was fixated on this new guy in my life, who I thought was everything to me. We ended up getting engaged a year later, and we were going to get married, but then I became manic. I couldn't deal with the fact that he didn't know how to handle my mental illness. This man I was about to marry was divorced and had two young children. I was searching for a family because I grew up an only child and had a genuine love for children. I fell in love with his children before I fell in love with the man I was about to marry. I was blinded by love and had no idea what I was entering into. I was a full-time college student, about to become a wife and mother to two young children. My mental health was stable when we first met, but about a year into our relationship, my symptoms started to manifest due to the stress of juggling school, taking care of two kids, and being a fiancé. It was too much for me. I had my breaking point where my mind and body said, enough is enough. I just couldn't keep on the way I was going, and we ended up breaking off the engagement, which left me hurt, broken, lost, and confused. When I moved back in with my parents, I was very suicidal and ended up having an attempt to kill myself to try and rid all the hurt and pain I was experiencing. The breakup brought me to one of the darkest times of my life. I couldn't see hope for a better tomorrow. I never thought I'd make it past this dark time. I really thought my story was over right then and there, but God wasn't finished with my story yet. This was just the beginning of my story. I never thought that I would live to be able to share it with others. I'm truly grateful to be able to share my story with you today and inspire you to keep living and fighting the good fight because there is a light in the darkness. After my attempt and time spent in the hospital, I wanted so badly to start my last year of school. I was in the hospital in August and signed up for fall classes in September. I tried to go back, but it was too much for me to handle with everything I had just gone through weeks before. I accepted that school wasn't going to work out this year, and soon after, I started an eight-week intensive outpatient program that would change my whole life and bring me back to loving myself again. This program would help me begin the healing process. This program taught me forgiveness, how to be vulnerable, and showed me my strengths and how to work towards overcoming my weaknesses. The group magnified my strengths, not my weaknesses, and reminded me that as humans, we are all flawed. It also taught me that I am worthy of love and rescue. I worked on creating my own positive affirmations, and I learned how to go from grief to peace with acceptance. I didn't choose to stay a victim of the pain, but rather honor positive emotions instead. This program taught me to be present and allowed for a new chapter to unfold. The courage to show up, listen, try your best, and give it your all would be my turning point in my recovery. Even during what we think is a winter season can still be fruitful, and even in the dark season, we are all still rooted in God's love for us and can cling to His promises and truths. I believe that those who are more scarred are more useful. It's never the perfect who make the biggest difference. It's those who have been damaged, wounded, and crushed that God uses. This program and group of people allowed me to talk in a safe space, express my bottled up emotions, and forgive the man who hurt me and brought me to such a dark place in my life. I began to feel a sense of freedom in my life as I let go of past hurt, and I knew I had to let go so that something beautiful could grow in its place. It was a chance to leave the past in the past and step forward into the beautiful mystery of the unknown and fully embrace my future. 
After the eight-week program, I began my new job working for the YMCA with youth development and kids. About a month or so into my job, I began exhibiting manic symptoms and behavior that was very unusual for me. With this behavior came some consequences, and I knew I needed help from someone that could steer me back, provide grace, and could lead me to repentance. I started seeing a biblical counselor to redirect my steps because I was on a bad path that would lead to destruction and more hurt if I continued. My biblical counselor, who is now a lifelong friend of mine, helped me accept Jesus Christ into my life and start to live out what it meant to be a Christian and follower. I don't know where I would be if I wouldn't have gotten the help and sought out biblical advice from that counselor. I ended up becoming rebaptized and transformed my life into a new creation. And for the first time in my life, I started exhibiting fruits of the Spirit and began to share my testimony with others and shine my light to those in need. God became my one true anchor in life, and I dedicated my whole life to Him and promised to glorify Him all the days of my life. When God redirects your path or steers you in another direction, He always has something better in mind for you. I truly believe and trust this is to be true with my whole mind, body, and soul. After having worked for almost a year, I felt ready to return to school. I signed up for classes and started my first day, but something was off. It just didn't feel right. I changed majors from social work to psychology. I had a lot of fear and anxiety coming back to school, and, and I could still hear a small voice inside of me saying, Wait, this is not what I wanted to hear because I felt ready to return to school. Little did I know, two months later, my family and I would move across the country to Arizona, where we thought we would be spending the rest of our lives. I ended up doing a certification class to become a certified peer support specialist, which is a mental health advocate, someone who provides hope to others while they begin their journey towards recovery. I was on my path to leading a more stable life without as many highs and lows. During the class, I met other people with mental illness and saw that they were leading productive and purposeful lives, beginning their journey just like me to helping by being a light to others with mental illness. Providing hope and being a true inspiration to others is one of my dreams in this life. After I finished the class, it wasn't too long after we packed everything up and moved back to Minnesota because we didn't feel Arizona was a good fit. The move proved to be the right thing, and the new year, 2017, and the new move, both obvious new beginnings, paralleled a very clear spiritual beginning for me. I began to grow in Christ like never before, and that was reflected in my life. I really do strongly believe that it was in the desert where I found myself. Once we moved back, I signed up for classes to start in the spring of 2017. After a year and a half break from school, I declared my major in international studies, which is perfect for me, because I love people of diverse backgrounds, seeing the world through a different lens, and I always had a dream of going to Spain, and I was able to do so while fulfilling the study abroad requirement for international studies majors. I successfully completed my spring semester, served a summer with AmeriCorps, helping kindergarten through third grade kids fight the summer slide. I am now in my last semester of college and will be graduating in May. It hardly seems real, and I cannot believe this chapter will soon be coming to a close, and I will be ready to begin a whole new chapter full of beautiful mysteries and unknowns that make life worth living. Even though I am now reaching my dreams and goals, I still have my struggles and day-to-day setbacks, but 
Perseverance is what keeps me going and gets me through the hard stuff. Life is hard and there will be disappointments, but it's about learning from each setback and getting back up stronger than before. Never give up, my friends, and keep persevering because you never know what is around that corner if you just keep giving it one more try. One more try is what may be what stands between you and that job, career, degree, relationship, or whatever goal or dream you are striving after. Give it one more try because joy is right around the corner waiting for you. We are all surgeoners trying to get through this thing called life. Through trials and tribulations, we will triumph. Sail on, my friends, and never lose hope. Remember, there is no light without darkness, no joy without pain, and no strength without weakness. Much love, Victoria. Thank you, Chelsea, Lauren, and Victoria for sharing your stories with us this week. Your bravery and courage and willingness to be vulnerable left me feeling really inspired and I know that everyone that is listening is going to feel the exact same way. This week we touched on mental health and mental illness and I think the timing is no accident. So if you or someone you know is struggling with mental health, the Suicide Prevention Lifeline has 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention, and crisis resources. That number is 1-800-273-8255. Never be afraid to reach out to friends or family or strangers. Never be afraid to share your story. At the end of the day, we all struggle and it's about finding that community to support you and help you know and realize that you're not alone. I feel really honored and to be perfectly honest, overwhelmed that I'm able to hold space for you to share your stories and to do my part, even if it's small, to support you along your journey. This is Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. Join us, share your story. For more information and to get involved, visit seekthejoypodcast.com. This series airs the third week of every month, and make sure to join us for Seek the Joy Tuesday. Until then, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for being here, and thank you for listening. Thank you.